All right. All right, everyone. This is uh, Bishop Bowser, and this is Shafat Outreach Podcast, Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. And um, we're coming live to you on Facebook, but we're also uh, uh, streaming, uh, recording on for our podcast, which you will find on our website and also on Podbeam. And we'll uh, share the link with you a little later on so that you can um, uh, see that. But what I want to do is I want to give opportunity for those who are um, on Facebook to be able to join us in this conversation uh, today. Uh, topics of discussion uh, for our, for our um, podcast. This is episode 17. And our topics of discussion for today, I want to talk about community violence and policing ourselves uh, this including a discussion on a season of time of peace, our initiative uh, that's tied into our No Shots Fired campaign, uh, which will be happening right now from Thanksgiving to January the 1st. And we may extend it beyond that as far as the actual campaign uh, that we're doing. And uh, so we want to talk about that. That's the first item. Second item we want to talk about is Mayor-elect uh, Todd Gloria and his newly appointed staff you know and um i don't see anything excited about it nothing to, nothing to be excited about but there are a few things i do want to positive and negative that i want to look at on that uh, my wife always tell me i'm, I'm too negative <laughs> but so i want to be positive and if it does sound negative i'm offering constructive criticism all right, uh, so that we can do things better. You know, I get cr constructive criticism all the time. And then the third thing, which I want to talk about, the power of police unions. And so um, those of you that are, are uh, tuning in, um, I, you know, um, I most definitely want to encourage you to, if you can, um, share this, um, this podcast uh, with those who, are your and your within your network so please share share this share this um podcast uh, if you come in later and watch it you know still share it um and also i just want to say to all of our listeners that if um you find a chance i did uh write an op-ed that was released yesterday and uh and I believe today also in the paper uh the san diego union tribune uh dealing with addressing um uh, police reform right and um the challenges that the politicians face especially um with i don't lack of a better way of saying it been in bed with politicians uh but whatever way you want to call it or whatever you want to call it you can call it that so those are some of the things that i want to talk about and i want to get right into this because i don't expect to be with you too long and i know it's kind of late uh for for a lot of people and some of you uh, uh, essential workers and you you got to get up and go to work in the morning like my wife um, I'm not an essential worker at all even though I do a lot of work <laughs> and so a lot of things we do we do from the house now uh, which can make you get lazy from a perspective of not having to get up and get out and hustle uh, but still got to do the hustle here so just have to uh, switch up in how we um, how we do things and get things going so, but I, I want to start out um, this this podcast today talking about community violence and policing ourselves. Now, I know most of you you heard the term 
defund the police. You heard the term abolish the police. The question that I want to ask is where are all these people when community violence is happening in our communities? Where are all these people when we're pushing to try to have peace and nonviolence and to cease to get these ceasefires going? Because, you know, if, if, if you're going to limit if you're going to uh, limit police involvement in the community and if you are going to um, abolish the police, you're going to have to replace it with something. And I believe that's where community responsibility come in and accountability. So you can't, it's easy to yell, defund the police, you know, switch, not understand it, switching resources, but you're still um, removing uh, officers from out of the community. And that's one of the things that I'm all down for. But the problem that I see in our communities is that uh, when it comes to the violence that is taking place in our community, people, a lot of folks are quiet and we're not really united and working together. So I, I, I want to talk about that briefly, <clears throat> but I want to uh, share with you um, our campaign, a, se a season and a time of peace. And we're having a lot of events that we're doing and we want to have the discussion every day, you know, a discussion about nonviolence, a discussion about peace, a discussion. You have people in your home, whether a family member, or friend, you know, your next door neighbor or the one across the street or around the corner. Uh, um, uh, you know, folks on your job that's connected to people that may be impacted by gang violence. And, uh, you know, folks that are involved in gang violence, um, you know, people that are, are uh, closer uh, to that, what we call pain or those who are uh, engaged in that type of activity. It's time for us to start having a conversation about nonviolence, about peace and about uh, stopping the violence, right? There, there are other things we can do. So we're not here to just tell you what not to do, but we're here to tell you what you can do. And uh, we, we for sure are having, we just had prayer this Saturday, we're gonna have divine protection service. And our divine protection service starts at 11.30 to one. We'll be going live on Facebook, but also be at a church, uh, 3060, 54th Street, uh, Pastor Sandoval, a remnant, the remnant church. And the building is called Faith on 54th Street. We'll be in the patio uh, having a service on divine protection. We're going to go through the word, show you how God protects you. And we're going to talk about um, uh, peace and do a prayer. And um, uh, Pastor uh, Sandoval and Pastor Robinson will be the speakers uh, for that. And so um, they also with CAS Community Assistance Support Team. And so and also involved in a lot of other different organizations. We're going to have testimonies from former gang members and those who've been impacted by violence and so on, because uh, we want to continue this conversation about uh, a season and a time of peace. And so, you know, don't wait until your loved one is dead or shot or end up in prison, or whatever it is, and then you want to do something about it. It's time to do something now because uh, your loved one can be impacted, is affected by this. So a lot of times we say defund the police or abolish the police, and people, it sounds, you know, that rhetoric, it sounds, you know, uh, it might sound powerful to some people, especially those that are socialists and different things like that. Not, you know, socialism, I should say, and, and you know, uh, uh, want to el uh, eliminate police or limit their ability. Because I see a lot of people attacking the police and talking about the police, this police that get out of here. We don't need you and all this. But when people are getting killed in our streets through community violence, you're quiet. I don't hear anything. So, yeah, you can say those other things. That's what you want to say. 
But I, I, you know, my thing would be like, I don't know. You, you might lose your moral authority if, on one end, you're going to speak out against police violence, but then on the other end, you're not addressing uh, community violence. Because if you get rid of the police, we have to police ourselves. And if we're going to police ourselves, then we're most definitely going to have a, have a strategy uh, to do that. And we can show that we can be effective in doing that by eliminating the violence and the crime that's taking place in our communities now. Right. Um, so uh, my thing is, is that, you know, get on board. One of the things that you can do is get on board and join this season and a time of peace. Uh, what that we're uh, going to have until January the first. We got a lot of events coming up. We got lowrider crews uh, that's coming up. We have peace walks that we're going to be doing. Uh, we have a concert that's coming up on December the thirteenth from four to five. Uh, we're going to have hip hop. We're going to have um, reggae, and we're going to have other type of singing. We're going to have people uh, who've been in fact impacted by mass uh, shootings at schools, like uh, down in 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 Parkland and uh, Florida, and so on. And so it's going to I think it's going to be real good and want everybody to join in to be a part of this, especially black and brown communities that are highly impacted by this. Right. It's time for us to come together and start working for peace and pushing peace. Right. And and having those rough, tough, difficult conversations with our loved ones and people that are near us that we know is possibly involved in these this um, gang activity. Or, and could be impacted, could die, could go to prison for the rest of their lives. If you really love your loved one, it's time to speak out now and, and throw them a lifeline to save them. Of course, they're the only ones that can make up their mind to, to change their mind to, be, to do this. But we should be there to facilitate, to help facilitate and support change, to facilitate and support, right, the, sowing that seed and getting them to move towards uh, peace versus violence. Because uh, if we, uh, the, the more we remain silent, the more you're going to see uh, violence um, escalating and it's really escalate, escalating this year. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if our community don't come together and we don't start working together is that the police is going to take it up a notch. They're going to take it up a notch and, and you're going to be way over police than what you are right now. Going to be uh, uh, stopped more than what you stop now because it's going to be so horrible out there. And so, folks. We need to really come together. We need to really start trying to nip this in the bud. We need to really start having these conversations about this, because if you don't, I'm telling you now, those that are committing, you're going to jail. Uh, you'll probably be going for the rest of your life or you're going to end up dying. And so, um, you know, we're trying to throw your lifeline and save you. And I'm, I'm talking to everyone and I'm just letting you know that, you know, the, the, the violence is not going to be tolerated. So if you say defund the police or abolish the police, what is your plan? What is your strategy to end violence? And if you don't have a strategy or a plan, then I would advise you nicely uh, to be quiet because uh, we got to deal with this stuff every day, deal with the pain of looking in loved one's eyes when, they're, when their loved one is dead or shot or struggling to survive or been maimed. And on the other end, those that are going to prison for the rest of their lives, right? And it's almost like we're doing time with them. So when we talk about community violence or policing ourselves, that comes, uh, uh, police and ourselves come with a responsibility. Defunding the police comes with a responsibility. Abolishing the police comes with responsibility. So unless you have a plan and you have a strategy 
of how we're going to, and it can't be based on white supremacy, right? You got to look in the black and brown community. You got to look at the issues that need to be addressed, you know, the trauma, the underlying service, uh, uh, underlying issues, the marginalization, especially with blacks, you know, the oppression that has happened since slavery. Uh, you got to look at all those issues. Those issues must be addressed, right? So you can't just say, do get rid of one thing, replace with something else, and you don't have nothing really that's really sustainable that's going to um, take its place, right? So think about that. And one of the things you can begin right here, right now, is a season and a time of peace. I posted all type of information on our timeline. You can go to our website and, and let's promote that, right? Let's promote that. Let's get out there. Let's support it. Let's start having these conversations every day with people. Post videos up of a conversation you're having about peace and talking to people about peace. Post pictures up that you're talking about uh, peace and, and speaking out that and having a conversation about nonviolence. Let's move and let's push that. Let's get that going uh, in the name of the Lord. And so that was that's the first thing I want to talk about is uh, community violence and over policing uh, in the name of the Lord. And um, second thing I want to talk about is um, the mayor elect uh, Todd Gloria and uh, the newly appointed his newly appointed um, staff. And um, the way I see it, there's nothing here to be excited about. And, I, you know, the thing that bothers me, our people are so ignorant. You know, I, you know, it just bothers me how people just go for anything and don't really look at our history. If we don't learn anything from our history, you're subject to repeat it. And that's what it looks like here when you talk about uh, what's happening with Todd Gloria and his newly appointed staff. Uh, whether you look at Jessica Lawrence, you know, um, who worked. Uh, uh, for Gloria, but uh, when he was in city council, but she has so has served uh, Faulkner's uh, office at uh, director of policy and council affairs. Uh, she led the budget team and driven major policy initiatives. And uh, at least on a personal level, Faulkner had fought me on everything that we try to do in the city. He he don't care nothing about black people or or the violence that's happening in our community. He don't care nothing about criminal justice reform. And um, he fought us on Prop 47, Prop 57. Uh, he, he tried to promote uh, Prop 20. And um, and here are people parading these folks that he's pointing in the office. And you just look at the history <clears throat> of policing in our communities with Anna Faulkner and Sanders and all these folks. And they did absolutely nothing to uh, make sure to assure that. Uh, uh, biased policing would not be in our communities, but yet you got these same people who were right there. And so, you know, like like um, Jerry Sanders, these people that's coming in, uh, they need to apologize. They need to apologize for not doing anything, not supporting or pushing initiatives that would um, ease that oppression that uh, uh, has come through uh, policing in our communities. And so so her, I, I, I see a problem. I see it's, it's going to be a problem. Uh, with her being in there, this other gentleman that I was looking up uh, that um, I believe Granda uh, has been serving as governor's affair director under Faulkner. Um, we got a problem with that. Uh, then uh, there's another gentleman by the name of Goldstone. Uh, uh, he's been in under, um, I believe it was Sanders and up in a couple of months under Faulkner. And so these people, he's hiring people that um, I think it's just going to continue to perpetuate the 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 um, the ignorance and the negligence of what needs to be done when you talk about empowering 
uh, communities of color, especially black communities and, and brown communities. Um, I will just say this one thing. I don't know some of these people on there, so maybe they might bring a positive to it. And I'm hoping they do. So I can't say anything about them. But I just have a problem with those that's been in government all this time. And and now you just bring in the same old stuff. You know, uh, I like to see change. And then um, uh, uh, the two people that I, I think, you know, can be positive about it and, and bring some good things or is Nick Serrano. I met him. I know him a little bit. Uh, the interaction that I had has been positive with him. And uh, he seems like a gentleman, a person that will uh, uh, that, you know, will help to bring some change and we can probably reach out to and communicate. Uh, but the main person that I, I think I have a lot of respect for is Matthew Gordon, uh, because we have not always agreed, even, you know, since he's been in um, Ty Gloria's um, uh, staff as assembly uh, when he's as assembly member and now going into mayor. But I talked to him. We dealt with is an issue as assembly member and, and tried to deal with an issue as, a, as him going as mayor. I uh, didn't like the responses that I got, but the thing that I respect about Matthew Gordon is that he's transparent, he's open, he's honest, and he's straightforward, right? He's going to tell you like it is in a loving way, and I appreciate that because you want people to be upfront with you and let you know exactly what's happening. Then you know what you're working with. He has always, you know, throughout the, this process, has always uh, called me, reached out to me, to check in to see how things were going. We have our conversations and so on. So I, I love the guy and I, I wish him much success. And I'm, and I believe that, uh, he can have a, uh, hopefully have a positive impact, um, being in the mayor's office. I, I know that as long as he's there, I know I have a lifeline maybe through Nick. I, I don't know Nick as well as I know Matthew, but the interaction that I did have with Nick have been positive. And so I do want to uh, say that, but I am concerned about some of these folks that they're bringing in um, that have, have links and ties to some of these other mayors. You know what I mean? And yeah, I know they want to get people that have experience and so on. But you can recruit around this country people that have experience and people right in our city that have experience and so on. So uh, that's all I can say. You know, the other people that I uh, uh, that's on that list, I don't know or, or if I do know them. Uh, I don't have a relationship with them to really say anything positive about them. So I'm not going to say anything, but um, that's, that's my take on that. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is the power of police unions. And, um, and I'm talking about in the state, in the, in the state legislators, I'm talking about in city council and I'm talking about the County board of supervisors. The union has a powerful hand. Now, when I speak, about the unions don't get me wrong from the perspective of it's not personal right because I, I i i know jack schaefer and i and who brian marvel was in there before and now he's on the state i think he's president of the peace officers research association of california and uh which covers about seventy-seven thousand police officers but um i know you know i met both of them i know both of them and all my interactions with them been you know positive and good from the perspective of respecting each other uh, disagreeing but having decent conversations with each other so it's nothing personal on them but the issue that I have is that police unions have always for the most part have always uh, opposed any type of police reform and and the times that they were neutral is because they found some sense of compromise or they saw that the bill probably didn't have enough teeth in it to really bring accountability like we wanted to get bring accountability. You got to watch out when they say they're going to be neutral. 
If they're going to be neutral, either they see that bill is weak or they found a compromise in it, that uh, loophole in it where they can file lawsuits and change the law to their way. So when you when you talk about um, reforming police, you're going to have to deal with these unions. You're going to have to deal, especially here in San Diego, the San Diego Police Officer Association, uh, which uh, uh, Jack uh, uh, Schaefer is um, the uh, the president, I believe, of that. And you're going to have to um, we're going to have you're going to have to overpower them. Right now, they have a lot of power, right? And their power is influenced in city council. Their power is influenced in uh, the county board of supervisors and state assembly. And they these unions on a statewide level and a, 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 a countywide and a citywide and local wide level, local level, I should say, they have given money to these politicians. Just go look it up. And their PACs, they have given money to these politicians. Some of the pe very people that supposed to have been presenting bills that were supposed to have been for police reform. Then you, when you go back and look and see if these bills really have teeth, you know, all the rhetoric you hear and the things that they say, and you realize it's a weak bill, a weak law, a weak policy, right? And that's because of the police unions and the impact that they have, right? And, be, and remember, let me just focus on black people, right? Remember in San Diego uh, City, 6% black people, San Diego County, maybe 5%, could be a little less, a little higher. Um, that's not a lot of people, right? I mean, if, if there was a, a close race in politics, we can take it over the top like you've seen in, in the national elections. But if 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 there's a a, a, a gap, you know, like 50 to 40 or something like that, black people alone is not going to close that gap, you know, with the four or five percent. And so they and these politicians know that and they know that black people are impacted the most when it comes to. Uh, being police, whether you've been killed by the police, been locked up by the police, facing brutality by the police, uh, being stopped by the police. These things, black people are impacted the most in the city and the county of San Diego, whether you're dealing with sheriffs, SDPD, and so on, at least based on uh, the reports and the audits that we have seen. And they, these politicians know that the black people, number one, are not together enough to push over the vote. And number two, you, you most white folks are happy with the police and so when you talk about um, reforming the police they look at that and they know where their votes are going to come from y'all excited about a super majority but i'm telling you the police union is is on that on these folks you know whether they talk about progressive or not you know now maybe some of them progressive they're gonna do some bold make some bold moves but as a whole they're not you know uh, and you have eight that's going to be a democrats and so we got to find a way and move the action on um, 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 disempowering uh, these unions, right? These police um, associations, because uh, they have a lot of pull and a lot of power. Uh, and, and even folks that want to bring reform, they don't get scared of the police unions, but they get scared of these other politicians because they got to do certain things to get their support, right? So then you have even people that supposed to be progressive and really want to bring reform. They get nervous and they don't want to push certain things because they know that they're not going to get it through. Right. And so we just have a problem all the way. So a lot of stuff is going to be stalled. A lot of things are not. You think that things are going to happen on police reform coming in 2021. You're going to, it's probably going to be worse than it was this year because the unions, the police unions have built momentum and built more strength. And they're not getting weaker, they're getting stronger. And if, if we don't um, uh, find a way to counter that, 
uh, you're not going to have no reform. That's what you're going to have to deal with. And it begins by holding these politicians accountable, you know, and and running against them. And when I when I talk about running against them, I'm talking about somebody that's not afraid to even push stuff through, even if they know it's not going to pass, because we got to begin to have these conversations, not be afraid to push bills through. Right. And that's why I wrote in my op ed and was talking about how that, um, you know, uh, these politicians would use these weak measures and initiatives that or policies that they have passed and it, it they have no teeth in them there there's no uh power in it to change on the front end of how our communities to be in police it's not gonna none of these things are not gonna stop one bit a police officer from killing somebody a police officer from arresting somebody police officer from stopping someone over policing the community using brutality on the person and all that none of the things passed is not going to stop stop that right and and even uh, with what they have, you won't have the power to prosecute or fire. So we got that. We got to really step it up and be able to do more uh, when it comes to police reform than what has been happening. And it begins with the, with the power of these police unions. So we got to start looking at that. Got to find a way to counteract it and and get things done right to where that it, it's meaningful in how our communities are policed. And so. And the only way that's going to happen is what you've seen under the George uh, Floyd incident uh, when he got killed in the way everybody was out in the streets, protests like you've never seen before. But it died down. Right. And and, um, you know, uh, you couldn't even folks were talking about defund the police. You couldn't even get the city council to vote on that. Right. And um, uh, and you're going to continue to have those kinds of issues and those kind of problems. So that's uh, what I just wanted to talk about, you know, remembering community violence and police and ourselves it comes with responsibility so and you you got to be responsible when you talk about defunding the police and when you talk about abolishing the police if you're not uh, looking at what's happening in the community and because not even black people support defunding the police overall when it when uh, those that have any sense and understand because the first thing they're thinking about is their safety and so if you don't address that uh um and you're just talking about mental health and all these other things if you don't address safety right in a, in a meaningful way, uh, the overall majority is not going to go for defunding the police and they're most definitely not going to go for abolishing the police. So either stop that conversation or come up with a strategy. That's all I say with that. Mayor-elect Todd Gloria, I, I want him to succeed, even though I didn't support him or Barbara Bree, but I do want him to succeed as a mayor from the perspective of empowering and, and doing something about uh, uh, marginalized and underserved communities like the black community. Um, I, I'm hoping that he um, do more than just rhetoric and, and play games and do something about addressing community violence. When you look at him and Nathan Fletcher, they address everything else, but they're not addressing our community violence, right? Because I don't want to get to the place to say that they don't care and they don't care if we kill each other, but it almost seems like that, you know, because they most definitely ain't doing nothing to address it, right? Um, but they address all the other types of, of, of health, public health issues. And community violence is a public health issue. And the county has a responsibility and the city has a responsibility to address that. So I'm uh, with the same with some of the same people leading uh, in Todd Gloria's office that was leading in some of these other mayor's office. We might get some of the same old, same old unless they come out and acknowledge uh, some of the wrongs that have been done in the past. And so that we can move forward. Otherwise, I, I, I'm, I'm not that hopeful uh, that they're going to bring anything else. And so we'll see what other moves he make. Uh, but thus far, I'm, I'm not too excited. Like I said, 
Um, um, I, I don't have an issue with uh, Nick Serrano, and I don't have an issue with um, um, Gordon, Matthew Gordon. And power, remember, the power of unions is what we got to come up against, what we're going to face with police reform. And they are powerful force to reckon with. Don't think that uh, these politicians are just going to vote against them because they're not, because they got their constituents to deal with, and some of them are getting some kind of financial support from them. And if once the police start bad-mouthing you, you're in trouble. All right? So remember that. And that's all I wanted to talk about today with Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser, Shafat Outreach Podcast. And this is episode 17. So don't forget to share this podcast. Don't forget to share this live feed. And remember, you can get to our website, uh, www.corneliusbowser-gains.com. And you can check us out. Remember our season of the peace. Uh, look at all the things that we are posting and that we're doing and come by and check us out. All right. God bless you and see you next time around.